This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to IndiePod, an Indie Games podcast, your weekly source for all the Indie Games news you need to know. This week, sadly, we once again are not bringing you any main indie game news stories, uh, but really there is still a lot of indie game stuff to cover, and I will be talking about my run through of Death's Door by Acid Nerve, so I'm pretty excited about that, but this may be a shorter episode depending on how long-winded I get, mostly because Big Josh Boy is not actually on this week's episode, as those who are watching the video episode can actually see. Instead, it is just me. It's just a ginger bowl just doing my thing. Uh, The illustrious Big Josh Boy is on a vacation, like we said at the end of last week's episode, so instead it is just moi here to talk to you about the indie games that I've been playing, anything within the indie games new, I guess, world, and of course going to answer a bunch of listener questions. But before we get into any of that, I would like to introduce myself, Von Hyde. I'm assuming that if you've gotten this far into IndiePod, or if this is your first episode, I mean, you may have known who I was. I have no idea if you've never actually watched before, if it, how, how you'd know that, but whatever, 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 we'll just, we'll just move on. So, before we get into anything, I do have to run through our housekeeping. Be sure to check out our new developer interviewed this by Ty Abbott. It's going live on Wednesday the 28th. They are talking about their game Lucid, Parables of the Ubermensch. So, that's pretty interesting. Literally no idea about any of it. The game itself actually looks really interesting, but... The developer interviews are always super fun to listen to. Of course, the big Josh boy, he works on them very hard, and I very much appreciate him as a co-host for doing so. Josh, for listening to this, thank you. I love you. But, of course, please check out the Teespring IndiePod store, or I guess the IndiePod store over on Teespring for our t-shirts and stickers. Eventually, we'll have other stuff up there. Um, currently, the the artist we were wanting to work with actually no longer does stuff for like merch, so we have to either find a different artist or we are planning on just making a t-shirt of our new IndiePod logo, of course, created by one of our awesome patrons and my best friend, Chase Hopkins, makes some great stuff. He did that for me. Uh, for a dollar, by the way, and I told him, I was like, how much you want? And he's like, a dollar. Or he said nothing. And I was like, nah, I want to pay you. And he's like, a dollar. And I was like, okay. So that's not my figure. I was willing to pay him more. And I even said so. And he was like, a dollar. <clears throat> Whatever. That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. It's cool. It's a cool little design. So we very much enjoy it. And we'll be making some t-shirts of it soon. But also, head over to our YouTube channel, where, if you are watching this, you're obviously already there, and you can see my stupid face. Uh, it is just 
IndiePod over on YouTube. Super easy to find. We've got an entire playlist full of these episodes, among other things. We've got some cool stuff. Please leave us reviews on any sort of platform in which you can do so. Specifically, iTunes helps us out a bunch, is, is what I've heard. Helps us out with algorithms, lets us reach new people and such. And, and on that note, please, if you know anybody that is in dire need of that Indie Games fix or is just getting into indie games, getting into games, and you want to spread the love of indies, please send them to IndiePod so we can talk about and, you know, just talk shit. That's really what I do. I just talk shit. It's, it's fun stuff. And they, I don't know, they might want to laugh. And I sometimes were funny often enough. Big Josh boy, not really me. But lastly, thank you so much to all of our, and I, yeah, I know I've said but like six times, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna move past it. Uh, thank you so much to all of our amazing patrons at the $3 tier or higher, specifically Ethan, a gamer for fun, Jonathan Claudio, <laughs> it's actually John, just John, but I read his full name just for fun there, and I forgot about it, we'll see, Mixamentosis, aka Mix, Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Flip Ranch, the one better of Australia, Chris Penwell, go beyond, and Josh Nichols, aka Active Josh, Sam Philly from Canada, so many amazing people, I even, I forgot to scroll, because there's so many amazing people, of course, I do. I do just want to say thank you so much to all of our patrons in general, not just the ones at the $3 tier or higher, but we, of course, have to say thank you to those ones. We got to mention their names because it is part of that Patreon tier, but we do have some people underneath the $3 tier, and I just want to let you know that any amount of money is very much appreciated. The fact that anyone gives us money is absolutely fantastic, and we love you for it. So... Onto what games I have been playing. And also, I just want to mention my, like, I added some lights um, to, I, I bought them a while ago. I'm soon going to be getting some key lights as well to make this a little bit, I guess, more of like a professional setup. Slowly and but surely, we're trying to make, you know, IndiePod look cool. Um, so if you have any recommendations on what kind of stuff you'd like to see, I'm trying to mess with the white balance and the brightness of my video feed a bit. So eventually i'll get it right i'm looking far more i would say yellow or tan in a sense than i normally would but whatever we're moving on i'm a pale boy so this week i have been playing what a lot of other people have actually been playing and it is death's door by acid nerve if you didn't know acid nerve is actually the team that developed titan souls which is a very very fun indie game released quite a while ago i feel like it was actually like um i feel like it was actually like maybe 2015 oh shit i got it yeah april 14th 2015 uh developed by acid nerve it's actually really really interesting if you are a fan of boss rush games or just a fan of like difficult games like possibly even souls like depending on how you talk about it uh you play a character that kills bosses in one hit and the entire idea is that you die in one hit but they also die in one hit and you only have one arrow so you have to fire it and call it back multiple times each boss has a different way of defeating them it's very very interesting but they recently just released death's door in partnership with and devolver publish it but once again the developer is acid nerve 
It is not developed by Devolver. I like I have this thing where it kind of annoys me, and I know that brand recognition is a really big deal, and I think that being associated with Devolver probably really helps helps out a lot of awesome indie devs, and probably helps out Acid Nerve in this case with that store. But I really I don't appreciate the fact that Devolver basically overshadows any developer in any scenario it really doesn't matter who the developer is for the most part if devolver publishes it it's a devolver game which somebody did tell me or they they when i said that they brought up the fact that like it's a good thing because you know devolver is like a stamp of quality they don't really publish bad games depending on who you ask like and I totally agree. I 100% agree. But also, I do want the developer to actually be mentioned. I feel like 90% of Devolver's games that are put out, the developer is almost never mentioned for the most part. It is just that the publisher is Devolver Digital. So instead, I want you to very much know that Death is developed by Acid Nerve because it's an awesome game. So on to my actual thoughts on the game death store is in i guess in a sense an action rpg uh where you and i guess some people call it like a zelda like where you go around you are a reaper or a crow uh who goes around collecting souls for the lord of doors or to basically just continue the never-ending cycle of life and death in a sense but the soul that you get I guess assigned actually ends up being stolen from you and it kind of the, this event causes a cascade where you end up having to track down these three giant souls to open up death's door it is very interesting i'm gonna try not to get into any spoilers or specifics because i do want people to play this game i do think it is really fun there is some miscommunication uh death's door is not available on xbox game pass several people have thought that it was chris tales is actually currently on xbox game pass it was just released and went day and date to xbox game pass at the very least pc but i believe consoles as well so if you're looking for an awesome indie game to play check out chris tales especially if you're a fan of uh, turn-based rpgs with unique mechanics but death's door is not available on game pass even though a lot of people thought it was and but it is a 20 dollar release on steam and i think it is i want to say at the top i think depending on what kind of games you like i could see you possibly if you like puzzle games and such this game has some puzzles but they're not too complex if an idiot like me can figure them out fairly quickly i beat this game in about like under eight hours it was like my steam calculator or like time calculator says it's like 7.9 hours that i've been playing and i didn't do everything in the game I didn't collect all of the shinies, I didn't get the secret ending, I, I didn't do all of that, so it's very possible that if you really want to 100% this game, which it's actually kind of nice, it gives you a percentage, very similar to like Hollow Knight later on, um, where you can then track your progress throughout the game. I think I got to like 61%, 51%, something like that. And because there's just a decent amount of stuff outside of that, you can upgrade your spells, you can find all of these different weapons, you can find these shinies, which are basically just collectibles, you can find the tablets of truth and get a secret ending, and you can get more health and more magic, and all sorts of interesting stuff. I actually did not 
Um, I got a couple of the weapons because I just happened to, to run across them. I wasn't really searching for them. And it's actually like an achievement to get all of them. It's also an achievement to go through the entire game only using the umbrella, which I find interesting. And if you would like to complete that, you can actually find the umbrella just in the I, I forget what it's called it's just like the sanctuary it's it's your hub where you go where all the doors are and you you can level up and everything it's actually there it's off to the left i believe it's leaning up against like a trash can um but you just pick it up and you can use the umbrella and it's it's fun enough um that's when i'm big one of my big critiques of the game is that combat feels really really good but they try to shoehorn in other weapons that I feel like really do nothing for the combat, which kind of sucks because they they basically just like possibly swing a little bit slower, but don't seem to do a massive amount more damage. I'm talking about like the hammer and it only has two swings instead of three, which your main sword does. And then there's the daggers, which swing a lot faster and I believe have a four or five like hit combo but they actually do less damage and your charge attack is a little bit different your rolling charge attack is a little bit different but ultimately i felt like they didn't add a whole bunch of variety to the combat of the game so it made trying to seek out these different weapons kind of set on the back burner if i just came across them i was interested enough to check them out but ultimately i i don't find them to be things that you desperately need in any sense it's not a it doesn't make your experience of the game unique instead it just kind of feels like a little bit more um so that's <clears throat> it kind of just seems like an i guess an added fetch quest in a sense if you're trying to find them get ready for a lot of drinking of water because solo episodes always get me a parch because you just gotta talk the entire time it's you you never understand how much you love your co-host until you do a solo episode and then it's like holy shit this is intense so more on death's uh death storm it has really really awesome very fluid combat i really really enjoy it and when you slowly get these new magic spells because you start off with the magic bow which you can only get four shots but luckily you regen those four shots by just hitting things or different enemies so you can actually like dodge hit a couple enemies shoot a couple arrows and everything me myself i very much enjoyed the magic and the ranged combat so i my build uh, was I maxed out my magic and maxed out my dexterity so I could unleash my magic spells faster and they would do more damage which I very much enjoyed I didn't invest much in strength for the most part uh, or speed speed was actually kind of nice because it just increases your movement speed and makes it to where you can dodge faster and more often which is actually really sweet especially for the later boss battles specifically the lord of doors but it's very fun to actually mix in a lot of these different magic spells especially as you continue to unlock them throughout the game you get a fireball a bomb a hook shot which is actually really fun and each one of these has their own i guess 
ups and downs to combat the bomb itself you can actually hurt yourself with it the fireball would light enemies on fire and can penetrate uh, and the hook shot can pull you toward enemies which is actually really cool and if you really want to you can find shrines in which uh, there are actually mini boss battles that you can do that are optional in which you can upgrade these spells which is actually really cool i only upgraded the fireball spell because it was just it happened to be a but like something I came across naturally, I didn't do it on purpose. Um, but I very much enjoy it. I think the fireball spell is probably the most useful for the most part because there's so many enemies or specifically in boss fights where they will go into attack animations and stuff where you should not try to hit them, especially since you only have like four containers, four health containers or possibly more depending on if you went and sought out all of the different shrines to get more health. But the fireball spell, since it adds a burning, uh, a burn to the enemy, you can actually just light them on fire and dodge their attacks for the most part and still be doing a significant amount of damage, which is really nice. You just have to hop in every now and then to actually hit the boss to regain your magic containers um and i actually really like this flow to combat i very much enjoy the fact that you hop in you slash a couple times you hop out use some magic i really enjoy that it reminds me a lot of hyper light drifter where your guns they were entirely fueled by you hitting enemies and if you didn't you never gain a gun charge which is actually really nice because you can't just sit back and unload on enemies i really really enjoy that and i'm actually kind of hoping that that's how crow sworn is when it eventually comes out because i think that it's a it's a really fun way to mix up combat where you have to mix and match both melee attacks and ranged attacks even though you may be more heavily weighted on one or the other i i really enjoy that um and i enjoy the rpg mechanics of this where you gain souls you go back to the soul vault and you upgrade your abilities I will say, I, I feel like you do actually feel these upgrades. You start to do more damage. You attack faster. You would dodge faster. Um, maxing out my magic made it to where I was possibly one to two shotting enemies that I wouldn't at the beginning of the game. And I really felt that in combat. I actually really enjoyed that. And it's an issue that I have in a lot of games where... I feel like upgrading things, you often don't actually feel like it's upgraded, especially because there's always that consistent difficulty curve, where as you get stronger, so do enemies, depending on the leveling scheme for the world. So I, I really enjoy the Death Store actually kind of makes it known that you are doing more damage. I very much enjoy that. There are kind of some things that I don't like about Death Store as much. Um, I don't actually like the way you heal. I, I don't enjoy it. So the, the way that healing goes within Death's Door is that you collect seeds in which you plant in different pots around the map that spawn flowers that once consumed, you actually heal all of your heart containers or all of your like health containers. But you don't have any sort of consumable in which you can use in boss fights. So when you go into a boss fight, if you die, you're basically just fucked and you have to go or or if you lose a couple containers, you are just for the most part fucked. You don't have an option if you it just leads to deaths more often than not, which I there isn't a huge penalty to deaths. Um, it's just like a couple souls. I believe the the only time I ever noticed it was like four. It was very little. 
And even then, sometimes the uh, refresh time on boss fights is actually very quick depending on the fight. So like the Avarice fights, you just have to click retry. The Lord of Doors, you just have to click retry. Um, it's very nice. I very much enjoy that aspect of it. But the, the healing, I, I really don't like. I, I enjoy having some form of a consumable. However limited the Estus flasks are uh, within the Dark Souls games, I actually kind of like that because you may have to like re-up them, but you can go through levels and you can keep them stored and you don't have to worry about it versus within Death's Door, you have to worry about constantly running across these different pods because collecting the seeds isn't hard. You find them like everywhere. Um, and you, I, I ended the game with like 18 of them because I often didn't use them, uh, for the most part, but I just felt that it was kind of an obtuse way of going about healing versus just having the seeds you collect, you consume them and you actually gain health that way or having some sort of health potion. I would have far preferred that over the way it is. Luckily with boss fights, uh, you normally have like a door, which is like a, basically a spawn point near their boss fight, or there is one of these like heart containers near it. So if you get close to it and you have like, maybe we, I hate that I keep saying heart containers, but it's, it's a fairly good representation. And since this is Zelda like it's, it's fairly close to it, but you have these health containers and you have flower pots that are always located near boss fights. So you could just gain all your health, uh, right before you go into a boss fight, which is actually kind of nice. The bosses themselves are quite fun. Uh, the first like giant plant boss, I didn't find very hard, but I thought it was fun. It reminded me a lot of the squid boss and far blade, uh, which only actually has one boss. But it was like, I believe it's like a prototype. It's very interesting. It's over on itch.io. If you'd like to check it out, I liked it. Uh, I wrote a piece for it on Handsome Phantom way back when. But the the first boss does a lot of just rotating and trying to hit you with their tendrils. So you kind of just have to follow it around in the circle. Then uh, you can fight... I believe you actually have to fight them in a specific order because you have to unlock different spells... Uh, which you do in each different region to go to the next. So then you go on to the uh, Urn Witch, who's very interesting and actually I'd recommend if you're trying to 100% the game uh, and you're trying to get maybe that Platinum Trophy or you want to get 100% of the achievements, be sure to use the spells that you get within the, the uh, like uh, that you get within the chests in that region on that boss fight. So in the tr uh, the urn witch make sure to use that fireball because it is actually an achievement you you don't really outside of that you don't really have to so the the hook shot you don't have to use against betty the yeti the uh i believe the bomb spell you don't have to use against the frog king instead i would recommend with the frog king just using the bow because it is a large component of that boss fight uh and you just shoot the hammer that's on its back to regen all the platforms i'm trying i mean I'm trying to be vague for the most part when it comes to story stuff because it is really interesting. I would 100% recommend after beating the game, if you very much enjoy it and you want to keep going, there is a secret ending that you can move toward, uh, which comes from going and getting the key off of the last boss's dead body. 
uh, which is very easy to get to. You just go to a door, you go back to the hub, and you go right in front of the spirit vault and or the soul vault, and you grab the key, which you then go and unlock a it's it's like a bell tower it's it's a from what i understand it's a much longer it's an arduous process to get this ending but i do feel like it's very interesting there are videos of people who have already got it actually um which i watched i didn't get the secret ending but i very much enjoyed it i think it's uh, something that everyone should experience especially if you're a fan of acid nervous games wink wink uh so if you beat the game and you want that little bit extra story, check out the video or actually unlock it for yourself. But ultimately, I think Death Store is very, very fun, very rewarding, very fast-paced combat. It is awesome. It's really, really awesome. Uh, I was talking to, I believe, Ethan in our Discord about Death Door, and they said that they had bought it, but they'd only played a little bit because they're getting really into Hollow Knight right now. And I would say... I, if I was playing the two of them, I would choose Hollow Knight over Death's Door. I think it's, it's just a game more near and dear to my heart and I enjoy the combat a little bit more in that, but Death's Door is a lot of fun. I very much enjoyed it. My big critiques of the game is that the health system itself is kind of obtuse. I'm not a big fan. The weapon system, uh, I, or the, the collection of different weapons, I feel like they don't do a lot to combat itself. Uh, to change it up so I don't think it's necessary unless you're going for that 100% completion run and the last boss battle takes forever it's so long I do not enjoy it I, I thought it was fun and I understand that it's a last boss but it's seriously excessive I do enjoy that there are little checkpoints throughout the boss battles so if you get far enough you don't have to do it all over again because that would just be fucking insane. It's seriously a long ass boss battle. So ultimately I think Death Store very rewarding experience easily worth $20 especially if it does end up coming to like an xbox game pass or something like that i think it is 100 worth a play it is so much fun i don't think it's overrated at all it's getting like nines across the board pretty much and i think that's very apt i don't think me personally i wouldn't give it a 10 but i think a nine is actually very close if not the score that i personally would give it even though i find review scores pretty reductive the game, super, super fun. If you're looking for an indie game to get into right now, I think that one is a fantastic one. And like I said, uh, if you are more a fan of like a turn-based JRPG, something like that, they do have Chris Tales available on Xbox Game Pass. I believe both PC and console. So check that one out. And Xbox Game Pass just continues to have like pretty rock solid titles coming on it, especially when it comes to indie games. There's a lot of really cool ones that are coming day and date, like 12 Minutes and Chris Tales. So be sure if you're a fan of indie games or if you're more of like a gamer on a budget and you have a PC or you have an Xbox console, I would recommend signing up for Xbox Game Pass. It has an awesome life library of games all their first party games come to a day and date and you get some you know this is fantastic value you have a shitload of games that you could play for i believe like 10 15 a month and the bundles always go on sale with them so you can get it for much much cheaper like the first three months for a dollar or some shit like that it's it's crazy so be sure to check it out but 
I love Death's Door. I think it's a lot of fun. Right now, outside of that, uh, I did beat it. Like I said, it took me like 7.9, upwards of 8 hours. Now I'm actually playing Days Gone on PC. It's not an indie game. It's actually a Sony first-party game. They brought it to PC. I'm enjoying it, um, but I'm not really going to get into it. I think it's a lot of fun. I've heard that it's very underrated, especially because it was released in kind of when it came to... When it came to like reviewers, it was in a poor state and it was kind of shipped to them a little bit too early, but the game itself, I think is a lot of fun right now. So if you're a fan, first party PlayStation games, you can check that one out. Like I said, I'm playing on PC, but we do not have any main news stories for today. So instead, I'm going to be hopping in to Newsgram. Newscram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we the hosts of IndiePod and Indie Games podcast cram you full of all sorts of indie games news. This week, we do have actually two quick news stories for you before, of course, we hop in to a whole bunch of new stuff. Our first quick news story for today comes away of IGN where it's reported that Supergiant Games hit roguelike dungeon crawler Hades continues to sweep award shows with it having been awarded game of the year best audio and best design at this year's game developer choice awards and lastly that visual novel Doki Doki Literature Club Plus by Team Salvato has officially sold over 500,000 copies in its first two weeks from release so that's a pretty big deal a lot of people like doki doki literature club big josh boy said that's pretty fun uh now on to some new stuff our first six items and new stuff come by way of nintendo life where it's reported that rpg adventure game black root by moteshka is headed to all last gen platforms including pc via steam on august 10th that platformer human fall flat by no buy games in celebration of reaching 30 million copies sold just received its 18th level called laboratory that simulation game the bonfire forsaken lands by zigma games is headed to the nintendo switch sometime later this year that twin stick shooter trigger witch by Rainbite is headed to all current and last gen platforms on july 29th that narrative driven puzzle game inked a tale of love by somnamium games doo is headed to the nintendo switch sometime later this year and lastly that non-linear adventure game road 96 by dizzy digi's art i think i don't know how you said Digizart is headed to the Nintendo Switch and PC via Steam on August 16th. Now over on Twinfinite where it supported that psychological horror adventure game, Saint Kotar by Red Martyr Entertainment is headed to PC via Steam sometime this October. That Metroidvania hacking adventure recompile by Fee Games is headed to the uh, is headed to current gen platforms including pc via steam and xbox game pass on august 19th that adventure game faraday protocol by red koi box is headed to all last gen platforms including pc via steam on august 12th that action roguelike game wizard of legend by uh, contingent 99 is headed to mobile devices with a new ui for handheld devices and much more sometime later this year and lastly that boss rush souls like game eldest souls by fallen flag studio is headed to all current and last gen platforms including pc on july 29th i do want to say really excited for eldest souls i think it looks awesome uh we got at the time of this recording like four days to go until it's released so that's pretty awesome now over on ign we're supported that action adventure game lost in random by zoink slash thunderful i'm assuming it's just in conjunction between the two i know they're not the same so yeah i'm not exactly sure uh is headed to all current and last gen platforms 
including PC, on September 10th. And to round out the group over on GameSpot, it is reported that sci-fi colony sim RimWorld by Ludian Studios uh, just received a new expansion titled Ideology, which adds new creatures, quests, and a new ending, plus a bunch more to the game. Now on to our listener questions. I'm not going to be doing the God Bless the Crowd segment this week mostly because I feel like it is largely a discussion between the Big Josh Boy and I about these crowdfunding campaigns. So instead, I'm just hopping into the listener questions. Like I said, this one's going to be a shorter episode. It's looking like it's probably going to round out to about like 40 minutes, maybe an hour, depending on how long-winded I am. So I very much enjoy everybody being patient with me if you got this far into the episode and thank you just so much for listening in general uh so our first listener question comes by way of philip renshaw the one bad imp of australia writes in and says if you could have co-hosted this episode with anyone in the games industry creator journalists or content creator who would it be and why uh so this is an interesting question and it's something that i've kind of like thought about for the most part I, one, the, I would love to co-host or I would love to just be on a podcast. And I know this might lose me, I guess, followers or some sort of credit. I really, it's just, no. Um, so the, the person that I would choose would be Colin Moriarty. I'm a big, big fan of Last Stand Media and, and Collins in general. Um, I know that a lot of people believe that they are a controversial figure. I, I personally don't think so. I, I don't think that they are like a bigot, a racist, anything like that. I, I feel like those are gigantic leaps in logic. Um, I'm not a big fan of that, that sort of like almost defamation. I totally understand if you're not a fan. Um, I, I totally get it. Uh, but I, I don't think that I've seen like on Twitter, a lot of people like harassing fans of last stand media. And I, I feel like that's just ridiculous. I, I personally, if my like dream job would be to work for last stand media or possibly no clip, I would love to work for no clip as well. Uh, especially cause they tell a bunch of like awesome indie game news stories or not news stories awesome indie game uh they do interviews and documentaries and i really love that but yeah my my preferred co-host would be colin moriarty i really love uh their take they're always like extremely well informed i very much enjoy it and even when i don't agree uh specifically with certain opinions uh, most recently it would be like colin's thought on basically their definition of indie game um which is actually kind of hilarious that it i would choose this person uh we don't agree on the same thing when it comes to our definition of indie games i'm much more inclusive i would say um but i personally really love their content i i think they're incredibly well informed and they would have a really interesting conversation about indie games specifically because Colin is also an indie game developer working with Lilymo Games. So I, I think that would be a really, really cool discussion. It would be kind of a mix between how we often have guests and developer interviews. We don't normally have guests uh, that are developers. Colin would be that really cool overlap where they are both a content creator, a podcast host, a, a founder and like CEO of different companies and also a developer. 
So I, I think that would be, that would lead to some really, really cool discussions. Um, and I would very much enjoy that. I think that would be really cool. And let out any good farts lately. Dude, I'm always letting out f good farts. Dude, I'm always sinking farts into this here chair. You know, it's just the good stuff. Phil, thank you so much for writing in. Uh, Dennis, aka Obsessed Polyglot, I believe is actually their name. But I kind of, you know, just gaslit them into changing it to Polygon. Because for some reason, I just refused to say it. Uh, writes in and says, Vaughn. Since you won't have to worry about any potential embarrassment from saying it face-to-face -face this episode, what is something you really appreciate about the biggest average Josh boys? Honestly, I love Josh so much. I My wife actually made fun of me because at the end of every podcast, uh, at the end of us recording, I tell him I love him. And I, I think it's actually kind of hilarious. I think Josh is probably the best co-host i've had um he's he's just awesome he's so punctual he's always so ready and willing to talk about things that i like i want to talk about it's it's never like oh no where we don't want to talk about that i don't want to talk about that instead even if it's something that josh isn't well versed in he still tries to have a conversation and i really really love that uh he and it's it's really hard to understate how I guess I, I've tried many different podcasts and many different types of content creation, and it is hard to find somebody who is so well prepared and willing to do the legwork and to really chip in and, and, and really just help out and do Josh is just so amazing. It's, it's so hard to put into words and into context, how awesome of a person and a co-host that he is. He does the developer interviews all by themselves. It's, it's so awesome. I very much appreciate that. And the, I feel like they really increase our content in general. Um, and I really just cannot understate the fact that Josh consistently shows up. He's on time. He's so punctual. Just I, I feel like just like myself for the most part. He's ready, willing to have conversations about indie games. He really wants to get deep. When he makes mistakes like uh, what we apologized for before, I believe it was for like episode number 138, he is willing to rectify them and he wants to have a discussion about them. I just, I love Josh as a human being. I'm so, so appreciative that he has come on this indie pod journey with me and that he is just so ready and willing to do it all. Plus, I, I'm so thankful that I started this podcast or that I wanted to because I feel like I made a fantastic friend because of it. I, Big Josh boy, if you're listening to this, I love you. I know I'm going to tell you again, of course, after we finish recording, but Josh is just amazing. I, I really love Josh. And that's not to downplay anybody else that I record or have recorded podcasts with. It's just Josh is like S tier. He's just awesome. Uh, and I love him for it. And lastly, uh, we've got Zach, aka Zach Durham, uh, writes in and says, Do you think aliens listen to music? And if so, do you think they like human music? What Earth bands do you think they would like the most? I vote Primus. So, do I think aliens listen to music? I mean, yes and no. I actually kind of find it interesting that when thoughts come to alien life, we immediately go to some sort of carbon-based life form that's possibly bipedal uh, and views reality the same way we do i actually very much enjoy 
um i'm trying to remember the movie's name arrival uh that is about these weird like squid-esque aliens that view time in non like non-linear ways where they actually view time in in many different ways very similar to uh, dr manhattan from the watchmen and i think that's so so cool and i think it's kind of weird that we as humans try to fit aliens into our box of understanding so instead do i think that they listen to music yes i think that they probably listen to some sort of music but do i and and possibly even human music i mean one of the weirdest things is that we actually like i believe uh started beaming stuff out into space a while ago um and i believe that's possibly like music among other things and i i i think that's a very creepy thing to do but also very interesting um i personally subscribe to the theory like that aliens do exist um i i very much enjoy that and i i think this is this comes again to like me feeling like humans believe we're more important than we actually are is that like the there i believe it's called the like rare earth hypothesis that uh earth is so rare and the conditions that it have are that it has is is so rare that there are is no other life in the universe due to that fact or or very few uh life forms in the universe due to this this rarity once again i feel that i feel like that's really odd because if evolution teaches us anything it's that or or i guess if jurassic park teaches jurassic park teaches us anything is that life finds a way and like i said aliens do not have to be carbon-based life forms they do not have to breathe oxygen they don't have to have the same kinds of excretions that we do they don't have to be like us at all I, I actually think find it really interesting that a lot of fiction doesn't really explore the idea of aliens being completely different, ethereal beings. I find that very odd. And that's that's one of the most interesting parts of uh, Interstellar is that it's kind of intimated. It, it's talked about that possibly aliens did place the black hole there, but... Uh, what they thought to be aliens throughout it were actually just humans reaching through the Tesseract and and kind of, uh, I guess, interacting with themselves through space and time, which is really, really cool. I, I'm not saying I understand any of this, and I'm not saying that uh, aliens don't exist like we do. I'm just saying I find it uh, kind of... I guess I find humans to believe that we are far more important to the universe than we actually are and that we are in any way special and I do not believe that we are. Instead, I just believe that we got lucky and uh, we use technology to compensate for the fact that we're squishy little assholes. So yeah, I totally believe they listen to music. Uh, what earth bands do you think that they would like the most? I don't know. I mean, Uvolt Primus. That's interesting. I, I believe that's like heavy metal, but I'm not 100% sure. Often enough, when Zach writes in different like music questions, I have no idea how to answer them because I, nah. I love music, but like often enough, my music taste just comes from like the Discovery Weekly playlist and shit like that. I just have one gigantic playlist 
on Spotify that I listen to all the time is just a mixture of different like rap and rock. Uh, I hate country music. I very much hope that aliens do not enjoy country music because we don't need any more of those. Uh, I That was just a joke. I don't care if you listen to country music. I, I feel like the only reason I don't actually enjoy it is because when I was a kid, I was just forced to listen to it so often because my parents and my extended family were such big fans of country music. And normally, I feel like that would have probably got me into it. But instead, I began to loathe it. I really hate it. It actually gives me a headache, which I find hilarious. Um, so you know what? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say fucking man on a mission's really cool. I, I like man on a mission. They make some really cool anime, uh, like intro songs. They don't really make them for that. I don't believe in any sense, but they just are, are kind of like appropriated. And I very much enjoy that. Like, uh, database and, rise your flag i think are really really cool songs of course those would be the intros to one of my favorite anime log horizon and uh mobile suit gundam iron blood orphans that's the original like the uh first opening uh to it so i very much enjoy both of those songs and i think they're just awesome songs in general i'd 100 percent recommend listening to them especially raise your flag is really really cool database is really cool too but I just love that like really heavy beat of it. So there you go. Those are the answers to your questions. Thank you so much for writing in. Chris Penwell also wrote in a question, but I feel like it's 90% for Josh because uh, they wrote in like, hey, are there any indie games like Binding of Isaac, but less grotesque? That's definitely a big Josh boy question because he would be able to talk about that a lot more than me because I know little to nothing about Binding of Isaac. So that is the end of this episode. Thanks everyone so much for listening. Please please hit us up on any sort of platform in which we are at, I guess, uh, specifically Twitter. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. I haven't eaten today, so I'm kind of like delirious, but f- make sure to follow us on Twitter at IndiePod for notifications when episodes go live and so much more discussions on indie games, uh, notifications on when different indie games get release dates and stuff like that, indie game news, uh, new deals and quick steals that we can't actually talk about on the episode because they'll be passed. Be sure to follow us at IndiePod. You can follow me at Hyde Legion, that's H-Y-D-E-L-E-G-I-O-N on Twitter, and you can follow Big Josh Boy, who would once again not hear for this episode, at the underscore George 90. Once again, want to run through all of our housekeeping that we have. Please check out the Ty Abbott developer interview going live on Wednesday the 28th. They are talking about their game Lucid Parables of the Ubermensch. Please check that one out. Uh, check out the IndiePod store over on Teespring for t-shirts and stickers. Head over to YouTube or our YouTube specifically, which is just IndiePod over on YouTube to watch these episodes on video. Please leave us reviews on any sort of platform in which you could do so. So specifically iTunes helps us out a lot. And lastly, thank you so much to all of our patrons in general. If you give us a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, and even more than that, in special cases, I'm looking at you, Wombat Emperor. I uh, thank you so much just for doing it. It's amazing that anybody would pay us to do this. It's really a dream come true that anybody would even give us a dollar, let alone more. So thank you so much for doing so. But I gotta thank those three dollar tiers and higher. Ethan, a gamer for fun. John, just John. We'll see. 
Mixamentosis, A.K. Mix, Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Renshaw, the one better improve Australia, Chris Penwell, go beyond, Josh Nichols, A.K. Active Josh, and Sam Fillion from Canada. Thank you all so much for being patrons. You're all so amazing. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening and enduring this solo episode. I know it's probably a little bit weird. We were hoping to see the big Josh boys cute face, but instead you get me, so that's always fun. Uh, that's it for this episode. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye.